man, we are so blessed by so many talented people in our church family, aren't we? So many can read music and play music. And I tell you what, thank you, ladies. And what a blessing it was to look over and see those young people next to me. Especially the guys on this side. Well, they looked good up here, didn't they? Singing, singing this morning, leading us in worship. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Beloved, when we get saved, we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He becomes our Savior. He becomes our Rescuer. He becomes the Lord of our life. Now, you know, He's always been the Lord. That is, He is God. And as such, He is Lord. Uh, He is complete control of everything, but we personally commit and give our lives to His Lordship. But if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you've probably found out that submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is not always the easiest thing when it comes to the various areas of our life. John MacArthur put it this way in his little book, The Lordship of Jesus Christ. He said, at salvation, we surrender in principle, but as Christians, we surrender in practice again and again. Another pastor that I read as I was preparing for today said it this way, from the time of our first saving acceptance of Jesus Christ, He is our King and our Lord and our Savior and our priest and our prophet and our counselor, all that He is for all those who are His. And then begins, I love this part, and then begins a life of faltering and growing yieldedness to Christ and all that He is. It can come in the form of decisive crises or a gradually growing commitment or the form of daily surrenderings. He said the Lordship of Jesus Christ in reality is something that is not discovered and yielded to once, but thousands of times. It is yieldedness to His Lordship that is at stake every time we're tempted to sin every day. What I'm saying is this, the Lordship of Jesus Christ is something that we're to submit to every day in every area of our life. And sometimes it is a struggle. It is a battle. And you probably figured out already that we're talking about today and sailing on the good ship Lordship. And Lordship is a topic that uh, not many people want to talk about today. We live in a day of self-expression, self-freedom, self-discovery, And not many people want to talk about surrender and submission and the like. Those things just aren't very popular. We want to be in control. We don't want to be controlled. But as Christians, we don't take our cues from Hollywood and we don't take our cues from the latest bestseller. We find our instruction in the Bible. And the Bible teaches the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about the Lordship of Jesus Christ today. And you're there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And if you'll find your place, we'll begin at verse 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorifying God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, this is a basic truth, but it's often forgotten, beloved, but it's this truth. As Christians, we belong to God. We belong to God. Now, God is the one who created us in the first place. We've been studying in the Gospel Project over the last several weeks 
leading up to today about the creation and about how God created all things and these things were good and how God created man and woman and placed them in a perfect environment and we messed it up by our sin and our disobedience. But we are His by creation. But the emphasis here in 1 Corinthians 6 is not so much upon being His by creation, but being His by redemption. It says that we are not our own. We were bought at a price. Now the question is, what was that price? Well, it was the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19 says it this way, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now listen, salvation is free to us today. It's free to us today, but it was not cheap. It cost the blood of the precious Lord Jesus Christ. It cost Christ His very life. And because we are His, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Jesus Christ. And it says here that not only do we belong to Christ, but it says the Holy Spirit indwells our bodies. The Scripture teaches that if we're not indwelt by the Holy Spirit, then we don't belong to God. That is, we're not a child of God. Every person who's received the Lord Jesus Christ, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says we are the temple of God. We talked about the other week about worship, you remember? We talked about that we no longer have to go to a specific place to the temple to worship because we are the temple. The Holy Spirit indwells us and every child of God is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. We've been purchased by the blood of Christ and dwelt by the Spirit of God. And since we're not our own, we belong to Jesus. So you know what that means? We don't get to call the shots. We're not in charge of our life. Furthermore, can I just say, we're not even the focus of our life. It's not about us, beloved. It's about Him. And that's why we struggle so much when it comes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ over us, our flesh cries out and it wants what it wants and it wants it now and it wants more of it. And you know, these Corinthians, they were dealing with that. In fact, let's go back and look at some of the verses leading up to the two that we've already read today. Go back there in uh, chapter 6 and find verse 12. We'll start there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. What a tremendous verse, especially for our day. Verse 13. Foods for the stomach and stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Now, it's interesting here in these verses leading up to what we just read earlier about that we're bought with a price and we're not our own and we're indwelt by the Spirit of God and we're to glorify God. He talks about our bodies and he talks about things like food and sex. 
And can I just tell you, beloved, they have their place when it comes to our bodies, but they must be brought under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Those things must be kept in their God-honoring boundaries. And when it comes to sexual relations, that is a husband and wife joined together in holy matrimony. When it comes to food, the Bible says what? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so these things are right within their own boundaries. God created our bodies with these things, these needs. But He has a place for us to fulfill those needs within His boundaries, under His authority, under His will and His Word. So mark it down. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, you belong to God. Your body belongs to God. And His purpose for us, beloved, is that we take our bodies and bring glory to Him. We're to glorify God. Now look back at verse 20 again. For you are bought at a price... Therefore, because of that, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, all three things that we mentioned, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God, to the honor of God. You realize that all three things, eating, drinking, and doing, if you're going to do those, you have to use your body. You ever thought about that? What can you do that you don't use your body to do it? You say, well, I use my mind. Where's your mind resolve? Where does it reside? In your body. If you're going to do anything, you're going to have to use your body. You've got to use your body. And it says the Lord is for our bodies. The Lord's concerned about our bodies. The Lord owns our bodies. And everything we do, we have to do with our bodies. We can't escape it. But you know what? God has a plan for our bodies. We think, we feel, we act with our body. The body is important. It belongs to God. It's to be used for God. Here's some references. Jot these down. I'll, I'll share the verses. You jot them down. You can read them later in your leisure. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do, in word or deed, well, that pretty much covers everything. You're going to do it or you're going to say it. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So everything I do, I'm to do in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. You know, sometimes these gray areas may come up and say, well, should I do that? Well, here's the real question. Can you do it for the glory of God? If you can't do it for the glory of God, don't do it. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful and expedient. Colossians 3.23 And whatever you do, do it heartily. Boy, we could just stop there and talk for a moment, couldn't we? We do a lot, but we don't always do it heartily. Some of us do miserably. But anyway, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And so when you go to school tomorrow, boys and girls, when you're doing your schoolwork, do it for the Lord. When you go to work tomorrow, do it for the Lord. Colossians 3.23. 1 Peter 4.11. I like that verse. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I told you the other week as we talked about worship, that we were made to worship. We exist to worship, to bring honor and glory and praise to God. And now we bring in this whole idea of lordship. And very practically speaking, whatever it is that I'm going to do, I'm to do it for His honor and His glory, and He's the one that tells me what I ought to do. So what does it mean that He's the Lord of my life? Well, it means that He's in control of my life. 
That means He calls the shots. He gets the glory. We live our lives for Him. The Bible describes it as a living sacrifice. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? A living sacrifice. Kind of like a jumbo shrimp. It just doesn't seem to fit together. But a living sacrifice. You think, wait a minute. No, a sacrifice is dead and you're saying I'm going to be a living sacrifice. Well, jot the reference down. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, talking to believers, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. Metamorphosis, change. Be you transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. The Word of God. The truth. Be transformed. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, because He's Lord. He's in charge of my life. He calls the shock. He says what I'm to do. You, you read about that this morning, didn't you? You were here for Sunday school. Abram, get out from your land, from your relatives, from, from where you are and go to a land that I will show you. So I was talking to the youth this morning as I was teaching them. We were talking about that. We were talking about the fact that he stepped out in faith. And I asked them, well, how can you do that when you don't know where the land is and what's going to happen? I said, it's because of who your faith is in. Because God is good. And when God says step out, you can step out in full confidence. Why? Because He's Lord. He's God. He's in control of all things. He's perfect. His will is perfect. He's glorious. And by the way, He's for the body, it says. We can trust Him. We're a living sacrifice. Boy, that really just, just, just pictures it, doesn't it? A living sacrifice. But you know, it's been observed that the problem with a living sacrifice, you know what it is? Uh, it keeps crawling off the altar. Dead sacrifice, you put it there, it's going to not move. A living sacrifice that keeps crawling off the altar. Listen, beloved, this dying, because it's really what it is, it's dying to self. It's dying to self. And this dying to self must be done daily, no hourly, no really times, moment by moment, and even second by second. We battle all the time with this whole idea, is it going to be my way or God's way? Now be honest about it. Maybe I'm the only one here today, but that's the battle I face, and I assume others here, that every day you have that decision, is it going to be my way or God's way? And a choice must be made. Are we going to yield to His Lordship or are we going to rebel against His Lordship? That's really what it is. Am I going to obey and go His way or am I going to disobey and go my way? Because you know, beloved, sometimes the path is hard. I can guarantee it wasn't easy for Abram to consider that and to leave all that he had and step out to a land that I will show thee. But God blessed him and we've been blessed because of his obedience. But sometimes we don't know the path. Oftentimes we don't know the path. Let's be honest about it. We want to know the whole plan. We'd be okay if God said, now listen, I've got a, a, a map here. I want to show you that we're going to start right here in your life and we're going to go here. And by the way, I'm going to give you a GPS and it will give you uh, help as you make your journey. And, and here we have the uh, final destination. Now, let me just say, we know the final destination ultimately, right? This world is not our home. Heaven is our home. We know that He's going to uh, uh, bring us to be with Him. I go to prepare a place for you that I may... Be there and you be with me. We know that heaven is the ultimate destination, if you will. But on this journey, let's be honest about it. We've talked about it before. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. 
You've got plans for this afternoon, but you don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. And so we walk by faith, step by step, trusting His Lordship because He is Lord and He's good and He has His glory and our good in mind. But I've got to make a choice. Am I going to obey or not? Because sometimes the path is hard. Sometimes the path is dangerous. Sometimes we would not choose it, but the truth of the matter is if we knew what God knew, beloved, we would choose these things for ourselves. In that same book I mentioned that uh, MacArthur wrote, he tells a story about uh, the missionary Henry Martin. Now, Henry Martin, uh, after a long and difficult life in Christian service in India, he announced he was going to Persia, modern-day Iran, uh, because God had laid it upon his heart to translate the New Testament and Psalms into the Persian language. And by the way, can I just remind you, beloved, you have a copy of God's Word in your hand this morning in your own language that you can read. We're a blessed people. There are people who still don't have a copy of God's Word or the New Testament or even one verse. Pray for those that are translating. We've got so many Bibles we don't know what to do with. But he, was, he laid, get it, laid upon his heart to go to Persia and translate. But Henry Martin was an old man. But he didn't use that as an excuse. God had burned his heart and was leading him. And people told him that if he stayed in India, he would die from the heat. And guess what? Persia was hotter than India. But God laid it upon his heart to go and translate the New Testament in Psalms. And so he went, regardless of what anybody else said. He went. And he went there and he studied the Persian language. And he translated the entire New Testament and the Psalms. It took him nine months to do it. But then he learned that he couldn't print or circulate these scriptures until he received the Shah's permission. Now remember, he's an old man in a hot climate, spent nine months translating, but now he's hit a roadblock, if you will. So he traveled 600 miles to Tehran. And when he got there after traveling 600 miles, he was uh, denied permission to see the Shah. You can't see him. He turned around and made a 400-mile trip to find a British ambassador who then gave him the proper letters of introduction. And then he went and turned around and went 400 miles back to Tehran. Now, this was 1812. So he was not riding around in his Range Rover. He was riding the whole trip as an old man on the back of a mule. And he was traveling at night and resting by day, protected by the sweltering desert sun by nothing but a strip of canvas over him. He finally made it back to Tehran, was received by the Shah, and secured permission for the Scriptures to be printed and circulated in Persia. Ten days later, he died. But shortly before his death, he wrote these words in his diary. And I quote Henry Martin. He said, I sat in the orchard and thought with sweet comfort and peace of my God and solitude, my company, my friend and comforter. End quote. Sometimes the path is hard. But can I just tell you, with the Lord, the company it's always sweet. Always sweet. 
Beloved, submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is not always easy, but it's always best. He really does have our good in mind. And He has His glory in mind because His Lordship is perfect. He guides without mistake. And His will is always perfect. But you might be thinking, well, preacher, I I know that He's Lord. And I know that I belong to Him and I'm supposed to glorify Him, but but I'm just afraid because it's such a, a monumental thing to think about some of the pathways He might take me on. Well, there's a third thing that I want to point out that might be a help. Not only do we belong to God and not only are we to glorify God, but I don't know if you noticed in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 or not, but did you notice that we are helped by God? See, the good news is we're not alone. Remember what it said in our passage today? Before He tells us to glorify God in our bodies, He reminds us of who dwells in our bodies. Go back and look at it again. Look at verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We're not left to our own devices. We're not left to our own wisdom. We have the Word of God in our hands and the Spirit of God in our hearts. We're not on our own. And beloved, in this journey of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every area at all times, we can depend upon the Holy Spirit who indwells us to guide us and empower us and enable us and mature us and to help us because Jesus is Lord. And we exist to bring glory to Him. And that's a settled fact. He is Lord. The question is, are we submitting to His Lordship in every area of our life? Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And that brings me back to this question, beloved. What area in your life is the Lord speaking to you about this morning? What area are you struggling with? to submit to the Lord in today. It's an old story, but it bears repeating. One of my favorite stories. It's a story about a captain of a ship. And he was there and he was looking into the dark night. And he saw the glimmer of a faint light in the distance. And immediately he told his signalman to send the following message to that glimmering light. He said, send this message, alter your course 10 degrees south. Well, promptly a return message was received, alter your course 10 degrees north. Well, <clears throat> the captain was angered that his command was being ignored. You know, he's a captain. He's not used to somebody talking back and, and disobeying his command. So he sent another message, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. I don't know if he could literally get that emphasis with that little clicker, but he said it nonetheless. Now soon, another return message came, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am Seaman 3rd Class Jones. Well, you can imagine how the captain felt about that. 3rd Class Jones sending such a message, uh, disobeying such a message. So he said, well, send this message. And he was hoping to strike fear. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a battleship. And the reply came back. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. 
Now, beloved, can I just tell you, there are many voices shouting in the darkness telling us what we need to do and what we need to believe and where we need to go and how we need to live our lives. But, beloved, can I just tell you, there's one above them all, the lighthouse. The light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's the one that's the Lord of our life. And He's to be obeyed without delay, without discussion. He's the one that's to be obeyed fully, for He is Lord. And can I just tell you the good news? He's good. He's not an arrogant captain on a battleship. He's a loving shepherd who loves us and has our best in mind and His glory. You remember that old chorus? I couldn't help but think about it as I was preparing for today. We used to sing it growing up. Maybe you did too. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some of you know it. Let's sing it. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you bow with me this morning? While your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, let me ask you first of all, is He your Savior and Lord? That's where you start when it comes to lordship. Giving your life to Jesus Christ. Turning from your sin and placing your faith in Him. If you've never received the Lord Jesus, recognize today you're a sinner. Your sin separates you from a holy God, but God loves you. And Christ died for you and arose for you and shed His precious blood for you. And today, if you'll turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ, He will save you. And I encourage you to do that. We'd love to help you in a moment. We may have the invitation to pray with you. But today's been primarily for the Christian. Now, He is your Lord. But how about it, friend? What's He speaking to you about today? What what has He put His finger on today? What area are you struggling to surrender to His Lordship? Do it now. Surrender now. You'll never regret it. Because He's good. And He loves you. And He wants for you what you'd want for yourself if you just knew what He knows. So I encourage you, whatever it is He's speaking to you about today, surrender. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I surrender. Father, thank You for the truth. Thank You for Your love. Thank You that You're in charge of our life. Now, Lord, I pray your blessings upon these precious people. I pray if anybody here does not know Christ as Lord and Savior, that you would convict their heart and bring them to saving faith. And then, Lord, for those of us who already know you, if there's any area you're speaking to us about today, help us to surrender. Take charge and use this invitation for your glory. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 275 is our closing hymn. The altar is open. I'm going to be up here and...
If I can pray with you, talk with you about the gospel, I'd love to do that. If I can pray with you about you just want to come on your own and come pray. Maybe maybe God's burdened you about something today. The altar's open. You come, but we're singing a song. And I want you to think about the words that we're singing. I surrender not some, not most. I surrender all. Can you sing that today? If not, do business with the Lord. 275, let's stand together and sing, I surrender all.